As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Building a strong team of both colleagues and peers and just a network of real estate professionals is really what I see as the driving success factor for investors. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, are you looking for some financing, maybe some more money to do your fix and flip projects? Are you looking to grow your fix and flip business? Well, guess what? Got a solution for you. It's Fund That Flip. You know Fund That Flip. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the show multiple times. He's a friend of mine, and they love working with the best ever listeners. They provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days that quick. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff with us today. Patrick Camuso. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, Joe. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Patrick. He is the founder of Camuso CPA PLLC, which is a real estate business advising company. He leverages advanced knowledge and experience in tax and accounting to serve his clients. He's based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you can check out his company's website in the show notes just by clicking that link. With that being said, Patrick, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely, Joe, and I do appreciate that introduction as well. As you mentioned, I'm the owner of Camuso CPA. We're a full-service CPA firm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, We're serving clients right now in about 12 to 13 different states. We're heavily focused on the real estate industry. As you mentioned, about 80% of our clients are involved in the real estate industry at various levels. Our wheelhouse is helping clients setting up their portfolios, as well as working with them on a year-round basis with tax minimization strategies. All right. Well, let's talk about some of those tax minimization strategies. Let's pretend we're an investor who's just starting out. What are some questions we will likely have for you, and what are those answers? So the first question that I would be looking to get a handle on if I'm consulting with a new investor is what their strategy is for investing. 
really the big determining factor for me is finding out whether or not their business is going to be active or passive. So, you know, if you find someone that picks and flipping properties, that's usually going to be treated as an active business. And then someone who's holding rental properties would treat their properties as a passive business. Okay. So number one, identifying if they're active or passive. From that, it's really going to determine what the optimal entity structure is for that investor. And obviously, this is a scenario where we're looking at someone just starting out. They're not creating a multi-entity structure. So if you're dealing with a passive investor, they're either going to form a single-member LLC or they're going to form a partnership to get flow-through treatment on the passive income. That's going to give them the most advantageous tax rate from that perspective. For active investors, their income is going to be exposed to self-employment tax. So as opposed to going into a partnership or single member LLC structure, what I recommend for investors in this regard is to form an S corporation. Because when you form an S corporation, one of the biggest tax planning benefits to being in this structure is shielding a portion of the income that you make from self-employment tax. Now, the caveat that I will give to investors in this regard is that if you do go into an S corporation structure, there are additional compliance costs to being an S corporation. So these need to be considered in addition to the tax savings that would be associated with it. Like what, for example? If you're a single member LLC, you're basically only going to have to file a personal tax return with a few additional schedules on it. If you go into an S corporation, you're going to have to file an additional tax return that's more complex and more time intensive than filing a personal tax return. Since you are determining a reasonable wage to pay yourself, it's recommended to all my clients that you substantiate the wage that you're paying yourself with a reasonable compensation study, which also will be an additional cost come tax time. When you're in an S corporation, there are additional tax planning benefits outside of minimizing the amount of income that's exposed to self-employment tax. So you may want to work with a CPA more closely in tax planning within the corporation. And finally, there is more of an administrative burden on having an S corporation as well, just because you have to be much more careful about not commingling funds when you're moving money in and out of the corporation. Okay. I imagine that might seem daunting to a beginning investor who's just getting set up. So what would be steps that they need to take in order to make this all happen to get them set up properly? Staying with the S corporation structure with investors that are starting out in that regard, I did highlight that you want to make sure that the tax planning benefits are going to outweigh the cost of moving into this structure. So I usually recommend clients looking at electing S corporation status once they're at about sixty to seventy thousand gross revenue. Okay. At that point, it makes sense for me to sit down and crunch their numbers and really determine down to the penny if it is going to make sense for them or not. And anytime you're working with a CPA, they should be able to relay the actual benefits over the cost to you to moving into an S corporation structure. You know, all too often I do see clients get moved into this structure too early to where they can't afford to administer it correctly. And that either leads to them getting burned financially or just not handling the company correctly and then having further compliance issues down the road. So mm. firstly, I recommend electing S corporation status when it does make sense from a cost benefit perspective. And then at that point, I recommend working closely with a CPA from like Camuso CPA to handle all of your tax and accounting needs related to the S corporation. If you elect that within the threshold that I mentioned, all of the costs will be outweighed 
substantially by the tax benefits that you would realize. And if you have a single member LLC, you can convert that into an S-corp, right? Yes, and that's a great point to touch on. So when you form a single member LLC, you have the first two and a half months from when you formed the LLC to elect S-corporation status. Additionally, you have the first 2.5 months of every calendar year to elect S-corporation status. So within those timeframes, you can file Form 2553 and make the election. Additionally, throughout the whole entire year, you still can make the election. You have to make a retroactive election, which does potentially pose additional penalties and fees. But again, if your income throughout the year makes sense from a tax planning perspective where the tax is going to outweigh the cost, then we also recommend retroactive elections to clients. So if I'm working with an investor that's just starting out with fix and flips, and they're not going to be able to readily anticipate where their income is going to be at, I recommend that they start with a single member LLC. Mm -hmm. Check back with me in two months. Most likely, they're not going still to be able to determine what their salary is going to be for the year, which is quite all right. At that point, I recommend let's do another check-in in in six months and 10 months, and we see where they're at in terms of their income, and I'll run projections on the benefits and the cost of doing the retroactive S-Corp election. And that, to me, is the best approach for setting clients up for tax minimization without moving them into an entity structure that's going to impose an additional compliance cost on them too early in the game. Mm -hmm. I started out with an LLC and then I converted it to an S-Corp as I went further along based on my accountant's recommendation. So I'm listening to you and I'm shaking my head. Yep, yep, that's exactly what I've been told and that's why I, I converted it from a single member LLC to an escort. Absolutely. The last thing that I would mention is that some investors are utilizing multiple strategies in the market. So maybe they're doing fixed and flip and they're also doing buy and holds. Then I do recommend holding those in two separate companies to minimize the liability and also not mix the various forms of income from a tax perspective as well. Mm. Will you elaborate on buy and holds in a single member LLC and why we should do that? Sure. The reason that you want to structure them in a single member LLC or a partnership is just so you can get pass through treatment and it'll just flow through onto your personal tax return and you'll only have to pay tax on the income as opposed to self-employment tax. That's the reason why if you are doing fix and flips and if you are doing buy and holds that I would recommend putting them in separate entities so the income isn't commingled and all treated as active income and it goes to self-employment tax. Okay. So if we're a fix and flipper who is then taking some of the profits from every third or fourth fix and flip and buying a buy and hold, then we should have separate entities to own the property buy and hold versus the fix and flip company. Absolutely. And to that point as well, whether you have one company or two companies and you do establish articles of incorporation, then you set up your different bank accounts under your company's EIN and you set up your operating agreements. What you're doing is you're establishing what's called a corporate bail for your company. And you always want to make sure that any income related to the specific company that it's coming from or any expenses that are coming out of that specific company stay in their specific bank accounts to maintain that corporate bail. Because when you are utilizing different strategies, 
it is imperative to maintain the separate companies to maintain distinctions between the incomes. You said corporate veil. Will you elaborate on what that is? It's a legal term, and all that it really represents is a clear demarcation between you as a person and your company that you set up sets a clear line between the two. And you do that, one, by filing your articles of incorporation, two, by drafting an operating agreement, and three, by establishing separate bank accounts and credit cards and financial records for your company, and then making sure to not commingle funds, which means mixing personal and business accounts together. Why is it important to not commingle the funds and mix personal and business together? If you're only in a single member LLC, it's not going to have as much of a negative impact as if you're in an S corporation or if you're operating with multiple entities. When you're only in a single member LLC, the only purpose that being in an LLC is serving is liability protection. So if you do commingle funds and you do have an issue where you find yourself in court related to one of the properties that are in this company, you may face the potential of people being able to come after your personal assets because you've eliminated the corporate veil of your company. Now, once we get into an S corporation and setting a wage and distribution for yourself, we have to make sure that we maintain the corporate veil so your whole entire S corporation isn't disqualified and then all of your income will be exposed to self-employment tax. Mm. So it could be a double whammy. Yeah. When you're in a single memory, it's really just from the liability perspective, but once you get into an S corporation, then it does become an issue from a tax perspective as well. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I'm sure that the best piece of advice is probably one of the most common, and that is to build a strong network around you and a team of advisors. At Camuso CPA, we like to think of ourselves as the financial part of your real estate team, and that is an imperative piece. But in addition to that, building a strong team of both colleagues and peers and just a network of real estate professionals is really what I see as the driving success factor for investors. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right, then let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin' Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dwellynn.com forward slash show. Best ever tax planning book that you recommend? The Tax Planning Guide for Real Estate Best is really one of the best that I recommend. And it's a very general title. I would have to look up who the author is. Okay. Tax Planning Guide for Real Estate Investors? Uh-huh. Okay. That's not Tom Wheelwright, is it? That is the author. And the other one is The Logic of Subchapter S. 
that would be someone that's more technically inclined and is really looking to learn the in and outs of Subchapter S with corporation oh, tax. What what the heck's a Subchapter S? Is like when you form an S corporation, that's the tax code that you're operating under. So oh. reading that would give you more of an idea of the nuts and bolts of the company. But if you don't want to get into those types of details, you could always contact Camuso CPA as well. Okay. And it's the book you were referencing, is it Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright? That's it. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, it's a great book. What's the best ever story you have about helping a client lower their tax basis or lower the amount of taxes they pay? One interesting strategy that I've been able to employ on a few different occasions with investors that people like is if you find a fact pattern of, say, a high W-2 earner that's married to someone that doesn't have a job, maybe they're a stay-at-home parent, opening up some real estate investments in the stay-at-home parent's name and then qualifying them for the real estate professional status, which allows them to take an unlimited amount of losses against all of the income that they generate on their personal tax return. So that's something for investors that are looking to get the ball rolling and maybe are still working a job and supplementing an income for a family. That's something that's beneficial for them a lot of times. Okay. I want to make sure I understand this. If we're making a high income and we have a spouse who is stay at home or just not making much or at all of an income, then buying an investment and putting it in the spouse's name who's not making much or any money, which will then qualify them as an active real estate investor, and then that helps with taxes? Yes. With the spouse, it's better if they have no job because you do have to qualify them as a real estate professional if your losses are going to exceed a certain threshold, which um, is at 25000 the scope of the real estate professional status is probably a whole nother episode, which I'm always happy to do. But mainly there's an hours requirement that you do have to meet a 750 hour hour requirement. And it has to be your main activity among a lot of other criteria. But if you can qualify someone for that, they can count all of their losses against their income. So it's a powerful strategy for someone that has a partner that can qualify for that and is filing joint on their tax Okay. Great strategy. Thanks for sharing that. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I like to whitewater kayak. So I find myself helping to train some of the younger children that are at the center more on an ad hoc basis, but just being able to do something that I like and informally help out someone that is also inspired by the same thing that I am. Best ever way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you and learn more about your company. The best way to both learn more about my company and also to get in touch with me would be to go to camusocpa.com. That's C-A-M-U-S-O-C-P-A.com. If you go to the contact me page, you'll see all my contact information there. And if you go to the About Us page and you cruise our site, you'll get a very good perspective on what our company is able to offer. And Patrick, we've been talking for about 25 minutes. You're based in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's no way you're from Charlotte. You're definitely from New York or somewhere in the Northeast, correct? Yes, sir. (laughs) Where are you from? Jersey? I'm from the Northeast. So originally from Northeastern Pennsylvania up in the Poconos, which is a country setting. I went to school in Montclair State, New Jersey. And before moving down to the Charlotte area, I worked about 
five years in the New York City offices. Ah, uh, okay. I All know my one of the big four accounting firms. <laughs> I know my accents. <laughs> I do stick out like a sore thumb down here with the accent. <laughs> well, Patrick, enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for talking through in detail multiple things. One, as a beginning investor, what entity should we choose? And we talked about if we're doing buy and hold properties, then most likely LLC. If we're doing fix and flip, most likely S Corp, but we'll need to look at the revenue that we're generating. Is it sixty to 70000 gross revenue or above? Then most likely it makes sense to do an S Corp. And then the piercing the corporate veil and how not to do that, the things we need to keep in mind, as well as that last tip about a powerful strategy if you're filing jointly and you have a spouse who does not have a job so that he or she could become a active real estate person and get those benefits on the properties that are purchased. So thanks for being on the show. Great stuff. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's dot com forward slash show.